right, man, let's get this show on the road, man. I done said enough. I got to go to the bar and get me another beer and shit. For real. Coming up to the stage first to set this whole shit off. Let the show begin. All sisters off. And just like that, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for checking out this bonus edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle, and this is the 12 Kyle podcast. Uh, As you see in the notes, uh, we are taking it back. We're going back 10 years. For this episode, we're going back to September 27th, 2011. My man, Fonte, from Little Brother, drops his debut solo album called Charity Starts at Home. And uh, as I mentioned in the intro, man, we got the homie Matt B. back in the building. Matt, what's good, man? You take a low, take a low, take a low, take a low. I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk about this one. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, as I mentioned, man, this it, it, it's really kind of hard to believe that this is um, – it's 10 years 10 old years, yeah just 10 years for um charity starts at home now as, as i mentioned fonte if you're not familiar with fonte coleman or fonte or new tickle whatever you want to call him obviously he is well known for being uh, a member of the group little brother rap group fun fontiga yeah right <laughs> fontigalo and um member of the rap group little brother also a member of the group the foreign exchange so uh, he had been making music long before this album. However, uh, this was his first solo effort. So we're going to talk about it as this album turns 10 years old. Uh, one of the first 10-year albums that I've done on this podcast, but I think it's worth talking about because of how I think this album actually came out. And we'll get into that in, in just a bit. Um, but let's start right there, man. What was your... Um, before we get into the album, what was your introduction to Fonte? Do you remember like, you know, when you first heard him or, or was it with uh, foreign exchange? Or was it with, um, you know, little brother? When did you get into Fonte? Um, it was little brother. Um, it was the song loving it. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of rap critic. Yes. But, um, yeah, he did a cover of, he was reviewing the song loving it. And then he started using, um, What's that song with the "Oh my God, yes, oh my God" Tribe. sample? Come on, man. <laughs> no, I know, I know that he sampled Tribe. I'm asking like the name of the little brother song. I think it was "Still Live Through." Yeah, guy still lives through. Um, um yep. and he had the um, t- today's rap fan is tomorrow's rap critic. That line that Fonte used at the end of his each episode that he did. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, let me check this out because I was a fan of ninth because the first beat I ever heard from him was, uh, the song threat that he did for Jay on the black album. Right. Um, and yes, for those that don't know, ninth produced that song. And, um, I was just like, okay, this dude's beats are nice. He kind of has a little bit of a Dilla feel, you know, um, very straightforward drums and, uh, a lot of soul samples. So I was like, let me check this out. 
and I wasn't impressed with Little Brother when I first heard them. Cue the crickets. It's okay. <laughs> um, I wasn't impressed at first, but then over time, you know, you you buy an album, which I always did and still do. You buy an album, you play it. You know what I mean? Right. You you know, you spent that ten dollars or whatever, and you want to, you know, get your listens out of it until you like it. And so I just kept on listening to it, and I just his range to me was always very impressive. Number one, I think he's a better singer than Andre is. Um, you know, and I'm mad at me for saying that, but it's true. You're talking technical singing ability. You know, Fonte definitely has Andre 3000 beat in that, and just his rapping ability and how he could weave in and out of both. Um, and Little Brother kind of had a little bit of a roots feel, like the roots. And so I just kept on getting into everything um, that they did, you know. Not solo stuff necessarily, and I still need to go back to songs here and there. Mm-hmm. Just never took the time to listen to anything, you know. And I feel like he's one of those underground dudes that's like borderline famous, but not quite, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like, no one, but he's not going to get, like, Jay-Z attention. You know what I mean? Right. Um, even though, in my opinion, I do think Fonte is probably one of the most underrated, like, right up there with, like, Redman to me. He's extremely underrated, extremely underrated, and I've always felt like he doesn't get his credit, and I feel like we should be mentioning him as one of the best hip-hop artists of all time. Wow, that's big praise. That's big praise. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I feel you on that. I think, uh, well, first let me start by saying you, you definitely need to check out the Foreign Exchange. Uh, all of their music is incredible. I'm a huge fan. I, I'm I'm I'll be honest, I'm very biased when it comes to the foreign exchange, but, you know, if you want to hear, you know, just good music, great music, I should say. Okay, so let me ask, let me ask you this mm-hmm. then, Little, Bro- Little Brother versus the foreign exchange then, who you well, got? Well, it's, it's two different, it's two, it's, it's two different styles because you got to remember with Little Brother, there's just rapping, right? But the foreign exchange is Fonte singing the instrumentation from Nicolay, uh, and so it's, it's, it's not really comparing apples to apples. So it's just, it's just the foreign exchanges on some cool, smooth, mellow shit, basically. Um, and little brother is on some cool ass rapping. You know what I'm saying? So it's that's true. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's different. Um, but didn't my, Fonte rap a little bit with the foreign exchange when like they first started? He, yeah. The first album, uh, which was called connected, uh, he did, he and rapper big Pooh they did, do some rapping on the app. It wasn't all singing. It was, in fact, the a lot of the majority of connected was, you know, them rapping. And then by the time the second album came out for the foreign exchange, uh, it was more melodic, more singing, and and that's kind of threw some people for it. But it was it was really really dope. Now I will say this because there is singing on this album, so I wanted to talk about my first time hearing him sing too. Mm-hmm. And that was when I heard the song Cheatin' off the Minstrel Show. <laughs> <laughs> to the window, to the wall, yeah. ski, skeetin'. But the thing is, is, even though it was funny, he killed it. Oh, yeah. No, you know no, what no, I no. mean? Don't get it twisted. Fonte is someone who, when you hear him sing, he you can tell that he grew up in a church singing. Oh yeah, um, no. Because, he has that southern yeah. like spiritual like vibe to his right. stuff. And and I can tell that his you know what's what's amazing is it, going back to something you said a little earlier, Fonte's ability to move in and move out of 
songs singing and rapping. Like, I don't know if he goes into a song saying, okay, hey, I'm going to sing on this one. Oh, hey, I'm going to sing. I'm going to rap on this one. But uh, he, he's just, he's an, he's a very, very talented dude, man. I, I think um, my first introduction to Fonte was through, um, I want to say it was through the Foreign Exchange, uh, the Connected album. No, I take that back. I take that back. I think I, I want to, was it the Minstrel Show? Because the listening wasn't really big when it came out. Yeah, I want to say my first introduction to him was the Minstrel Show, which was their uh, what second album as Little yep. Brother, and then I went back to um, the first album, um, the listening, and then I got put on to you know the Foreign Exchange and just kind of went ev- everywhere after that. I was a huge fan, but nonetheless, um, Incredible NC, I-, I agree with you. Very very underrated. Um, not someone who is actually looking for a lot of attention. Uh, he's one of those people that is dope, and he knows he's dope, um, and he just kind of takes it from there. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of rappers that are considered goats that I think Fonte is better than. Oh yeah, I mean like he 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 is. He's better. He's better than Eminem. <laughs> oh, man, come on, man. We're, man, we're not talking. No, we're not. We're not. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Let, let's stick to the script. Um, uh, so this album again is turning ten years old. Uh, it wasn't an album that sold a lot. Uh, I think it, you know, premiered on the Billboard. I think it was it got as high as like sixty or something like that. Uh, only forty two minutes, but I think it's it's a power packed forty two minute album, almost fifty forty three minutes. Um, it was critically acclaimed. Uh, I think the people who you know are into music really really dug it, at least from what I could tell. Um, and again, this is 2011. So, uh, the album, when it comes out, it's obviously being listened to by a lot of people. Um, but here's the thing you can't, I don't think you could talk about this album without, you know, talking about, and we'll start first with the production. Now the production on this album, I think is really, really good. But one of the key things about the production on this album is that the production features, uh, you know, Ninth Wonder, who you mentioned a little earlier. Ninth Wonder, if you're not familiar, was uh, a member of Little Brother, one of the an original member of Little Brother with Fonte and rapper Big Pooh. And you know, at the time, or I, somewhere after the Minstrel Show, uh, they had a falling out, and Ninth Wonder left the group. And if so, it was they had another, they had another falling out when trying to make. Um, uh, What's what was the name of their last album? I can't believe I'm forgetting this. Maybe I love that album. Yes, they had a falling out right before they started working on that album too. Yeah. yeah. So it did I've take, heard that did. I've happen. heard. Yeah, I've heard through the grapevine that Ninth Wonder is not easy to work with. I am not going to say who I've heard that from, but I, mean, I have it's, heard. I mean, that, it's, it's documented. Know. It's. Do- I mean, they they went on record. They they did. They answered some questions about it when they did their press tour for that particular album. Um, but the. Uh, I think the thing that was interesting was, was that they had a falling out and then Fonte comes, you know, ninth wonder and Fonte mend their fences, if you will. And ninth wonder actually, actually uh, produces one, two, three, four tracks on this album of the 12 track album. Um, well, there's actually 11 tracks. It's really 12 tracks with a, with the interlude. So you might as well say it's 12, but it's really 11 full tracks. Um, but you get four from ninth wonder. So I think that was, one of the bigger surprises of this album was that, you know, not only was 
Fonte coming out with a solo album, but he had reconnected with Ninth Wonder at that particular time in 2011. So let's start there. What did you think about the overall production of this album? Even though Ninth only produced four tracks, it kind of sounded like he produced the whole album to me. Um, I think that Tay, for a rap album, I think he kind of wanted to keep it in the Little Brother-like soundscape, um, which is fine. You know, I'm not necessarily complaining about that, although that was a complaint the very first time I heard this album. Um, but no, the production's dope. You know, um, it definitely follows the Little Brother blueprint, but with a little bit more of a solo like aura to it. Um, things that maybe Big Pooh couldn't rap over, but still had that Little Brother feel, so it didn't alienate people that were more into his rapping than his singing. Um, you know, he kind of combined. It, it sounded more so like Little Brother Fonte than it did Foreign Exchange Fonte, um, which I can appreciate because when the album came out, I was under the impression that he was going to be singing on the majority of it and not doing a lot of rapping. Um, but no, the production's definitely dope. Um, other than one track, which we'll get into later, that I did not like the production on, um, Overall, I thought the production was dope. Yeah, man, I, I agree. I think uh, I think the production uh, really, really stood out to me. Um, as the case with most lyrical MCs, you don't have to have uh, all of these heavy hitters as far as like big name producers to do your album or to, you know, get any type of you know publicity or what have you like that. It, it was just it was solid, and I think the production really mends well with what he's rapping about and his, his vocal tone. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's very, it's a really good balance between the two. Uh, and a lot of times you don't have that. Sometimes in hip hop, you'll have, you know, a cat, you know, over rapping the beat or, you know, he's just spitting these crazy bars and the production's not there or like, the, like Raz <laughs> or the production is, you know, really too much for the MC. But I think all of these songs and we'll get into, we'll get into who produced what, um, I think all of these songs fit uh, his vocal tone and what he was rapping about his subject matter. So I, I think I think it was a really good marriage of the two. Um, so as we start the album, the album starts off with uh, "Dance in the Rain," um, and this is produced by Swift D uh, with uh, Cy Smith uh, on the vocals uh, backing up. Uh, what did you think about this one? hard intro just pure bars you know just setting the record straight like you know don't let that foreign exchange shit get it fucked up i still got bars for days i love that intro it was perfect yeah man i think um i think for me it one of the things that i found in listening to this album particularly as it as it grew in age was that it was one, it was very relatable to me because Fonte, I'm older than Fonte, but I'm not. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the line, um, uh, man, I do this for hip hop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do this shit to pay my mortgage. Pay my mortgage, right. <laughs> yeah, so that's I, so relatable. Right, so that's relatable. So, you know, if you are if you were probably 17 when this album came out, you know, I'm not going to say, say it would be over your head, but I mean, you, I think some 10 years now, later, you probably have a better understanding and better. Yes. It, it relates to it better because he's 
he's on some grown man shit this whole album. Like this is a full grown Although, man. Although I did have a job when I was seventeen when this album came out. Okay. So okay. I we'll get to that in the next song. So uh so yeah, so <clears throat> I think, you know, that that's one of the things that was impressive about this album was that it was just bars. And he had a like for me, I've always said this on this podcast and on Eclectic's podcast, uh, that the thing that always impressed me is that when an MC can say something and it just resonate with you and it doesn't have to be something long or drawn out. He said <laughs> on this joint, he said, I don't want the world. I done seen the world and you wouldn't want it either. You know, so he's speaking as a man who's been around the world and seen and not, not literally been around the world, but he's seen some things. He said that I don't want the world, but I didn't seen the world. And if you ever saw it, hell, you wouldn't want it either. Uh, and, and I think that that line stuck with me because, you know, a lot of times people see Fonte as this MC and they know that, oh, man, he should be bigger than what he what he should what he is. You know, he should be he should be bigger than, you know, insert whatever popular rapper. And. Fonte is cool and very comfortable in the skin that he's in. And he doesn't want, you know, all of that fame and everything else that comes with it. And I think he kind of spoke to it in that particular bar. Um, then we get to track two, uh, The Good Fight. This is produced by Ninth Wonder. Yes, sir. Uh, what did you think about this one? This is my favorite song on the album. Okay. Um, I want you to look yourself in the mirror, fuck you, fuck your hopes, <laughs> fuck your dreams, fuck all of the good you thought this life was going to bring you. Now let's go out in here and try to make this bitch happy. Mm-hmm. That was so, even though I was only 17, I had a boss who I felt that way about at the time. Um, it was volunteer work. I did it for a class in school, but I, I worked at a nursing home and I just saw all these people that live there where basically that first line, the whole fuck your dreams thing. A lot of them could probably relate to that. And as I got older, that song just meritated with more and more. And I love production for it. Um, now I will say this in Fonte's verse verse, he uses a homophobic slur, (laughs) which I am I mean, not that's, exactly. That's, that's hip hop. You know how it goes. Not, uh, yeah, not that, defending it, but you know, it's, it's, yeah. It's, 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 I expect more from Fonte, though, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Like, I don't think he's homophobic. No. So I would expect a little bit better from him when it comes to that. I think that was kind of just like a filler line where he needed something to rhyme with what he said previously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, bullshit. As soon as I come in the job, yeah. Oh man, that that song is just like perfect for blue collar workers. Right. Yeah, I, I agree a thousand percent. I think the thing that stands out about this track is that it's like you said, it, it's so relatable. It's going to a job that you really don't like, you know, dealing with people that you don't want to deal with at work, dealing with BS that you don't have to deal with, but you know that you need that check. 
Um, and he even kind of, you know, pokes fun at just just th- the whole process of it. And I think that's that's definitely relatable. Um, oh, and the line, um, keep it real, Tay, and don't ever sell out. But how the fuck you sell out when ain't nobody selling? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. I mean, that's, that... that is that is so true that that's the bar for me that particular on that particular song. You know, go out and live out your dreams. That's what they tell him. Fam all in my ear. But and they keep yelling, keep it real, Tay, and don't ever sell out. But how the fuck you sell out when nobody ain't selling? And that's true. I mean, at that particular time, music was, you know, again, this is two. this. He recorded this in 20, 2010. It comes out in 2011. You know, it, it, the Internet, the whole streaming thing was starting to pop off and everything like that. So people were trying to figure out, OK, well, how do how do we how do we figure this out? How do we how do we, you know, equate these sales? How do we combat the Internet, basically, because. You know, you got these sites, these uh, pirate sites where you can get music for free. And, you know, so he was like, you know, people tell him not to sell out. He's like, how are you going to tell me not to sell out? Ain't nobody selling because at, at, at that particular time, you know, record sales weren't what they are now. Um, Streaming what, uh, wasn't a thing yet. So right. people were just downloading shit for free. for free. And it was, you know, you couldn't. You couldn't quantify your record sales because you just. Not that not that streaming helps somebody like Fonte, right, but right. whatever. But um, but yeah, to your point about the uh, the the intro, uh, that's actually from Chris Rock, uh, Chris Rock stand up, um, funny funny skit. You gotta check it. You guys gotta check it out if you haven't heard it. But yeah, there's a that that skit that right there at the beginning is what um, where he got that from. Um, then we move to track three featuring uh, Gene Jolly, who sings the background. The title is called Everything Is Falling Down. This is produced by Crisis. What do you think about this one? Um, lyrically, I love it. I love the hook. The beat is good, but a little bit generic. Um, but I definitely love the content. You know, I think overall it's a dope song, but I felt like the beat a little bit of a change of pace. Um, that's just my opinion of Crisis. Don't get me wrong. Oh, Crisis yeah. is super dope. But I felt like you could have done a little bit better with this beat. Good beat, but not great. Yeah, I love this joint, man. Love this joint. Um, love the production. Love Gene Jolly on the hook. Uh, she was in, she had a cup of tea in Foreign Exchange for a quick minute. She was in and out of the group. But um, she could sing. Um, I think he, the bar that he hit me with that I really loved, he said, why rage against the machine can just unplug it? And mm, that yes. right there stood out to me because, like, you know, at that particular time, everybody was trying to go against the grain, you know, and just, you know, really combating the music industry and trying to do their own thing. And he's like, you know, wh- you don't have to do all of this. Like, you you can you can be who you want to be. You don't have to sell out or whatever the case may be to conform to whatever music is people are telling you that you should be. Um but yeah, I love this joint, man. Love Crisis, like you said, Crisis really reminds me a lot of Ninth Wonder, um, but with a little bit more flair with his drum and his sound. His sound yeah, I definitely, better. definitely think Crisis has better drums than Ninth. I will say that. Well, I mean, I I never compared the two, but I'm just saying, like, I think he is he is definitely one of the uh, most slept on uh, producers out there. He for me, he doesn't disappoint. Uh, then we get to track four not here anymore this is produced that's the name of the track uh it's produced by ninth wonder as well and this features uh elzai uh, of slum mm. village 
Uh, what did you think about this one? Man, look, Fonte and Elzai, mm. I kind of wish that Elzai was in Little Brother. <laughs> I have been a fan of Elzai since Elmatic came out, where he basically got um, the Will Sessions band to do all the instrumentation of Elmatic, and he kind of flipped it and made his own story out of it. Um, Elzai is a beast, and you want to talk about another rapper that doesn't get enough credit? This dude. Yeah. Uh, I if if somebody has heard a whack Elzai verse or less than enjoyable Elzai verse, I would challenge them to send it to me because I don't think it exists. Like this dude, I'm not gonna say he smoked Fonte on this song. He definitely had the best verse though. I but don't think so. I'll say this: the line that Fonte had where he said, "I murder the whole alphabet, so bury me a jeep." <laughs> Man, look, <laughs> that. This? I think now I will say this. Now, if we're talking about hiding places, mm-hmm. I think Elzai smoked him on that song. On this one, I think Elzai got him, but it was close. Nah, I, I think it was close, but I think Fonte came. I mean, when he said, <clears throat> he said, my, my DC brothers say you Bama's lack experience. And see, mm, now you, yes. you wouldn't catch that because you're not from Yes, DC. I would. Okay, so you know. Yes, okay, I would. So yes, when there was a lot Bama's, of. Bama's lack a... experience, and that's how. If, yes. if you if you're from DC, shout out to my man. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because uh, when I listen to their podcast, the Vault uh, Classic Music Review podcast, uh, shout out to B Cox. When I listen to their their podcast, it's funny. Sometimes they'll say the word Bama's, and I just I, when when I hear people from DC say Bama's, it's so funny to me. Or um, um or um the word slim, how they yeah. end, end everything with slim. Yeah, yeah. Or mo. Um, but yeah, he's they said Ubama's like experience. Then you say Carolina on my mind like Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier was the head coach uh at football head football coach at the University of South Carolina at that particular time. So that that little bar right there, that I, I like that little play on words that, you know, uh, probably flew over a lot of people's heads. But um but yeah, uh yeah, the I, DC I stuff did not fly over my head. Well, I mean, it's not, it, it wouldn't fly over your head, but I think for a lot of people, if you didn't know people from DC or you didn't go to like me, we went to school from DC, went to school with right. people from DC. There was, there was a lot of kids when I went to high school whose parent who were from Southeast DC, which for those that don't know, probably, and probably still is the area with the highest crime rate in DC. Um, a lot of kids that were from there, their parents transferred schools in Howard County, Maryland, which is significantly nicer. And so I knew a lot of kids from Baltimore and D.C. So I got the full range of Baltimore and D.C. slang almost every single day. If somebody if somebody was roasting somebody from Baltimore, they're like, damn, stop packing on them. <laughs> if somebody if somebody from D.C. was roasting, they'd call it joning. There you go. There you go. So, see, see, look at you. You know a little bit. <laughs> when you're when you grow up in Central Maryland, you're bound to hear it from both sides. Right. And my mom lived in Alexandria, Virginia, and my dad has worked in DC since I was like five years old. So, right, right. right. So then we get to the next track, which is track uh, five. Uh, track is called Eternally, featuring rapper Median. This this one also is produced by Ninth Wonder. What's your take on this one? This song is dope, although I always found Median's voice to be kind of bland. Okay. Um, dope rapper, but his voice is kind of like, uh, he sounds like the Bueller guy from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The one that just, the teacher that says Bueller. Okay, okay. Bueller. 
Median kind of sounds like that, but with like flow and rhythm. Um, but the overall is super dope. You know, Ninth Wonder put his ass into the beats on this album that he actually did. Um, Fonte, as always, I've never had an issue with Fonte. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if, if it's a song that I don't like, it's usually because of the production or who's the guest. I do like this song, though, and I did like Median, but his voice has taken me a while to sort of get used to on this track. Um, but the song itself is dope, you know? You know, what, you know what's interesting about this track? I've heard Median on other joints. I've heard Median on joints with Fonte. And I've heard him do better than this. And it's not that it's bad. This is my least favorite track on this album. It's not a skip, but I don't think it's as strong as the others. Now, on, if, when you listen to the track, these guys are going back and forth, back and forth. And they actually did a video for this one as well. So the video's up on YouTube if you want to check it out. Uh, it's a good song. It's a good song. I just think of the batch of songs that made this album, I think it's the least of the good for me. Um but still, I just I di- I disagree, but we'll get to that. Yeah, now nah, this that there's not nah, I, I I can't put anything personally. I can't put anything over that one as far as being not the the best song. Uh, the next track that we want to talk about is "Sending My Love," uh, which uh, is produced by the homie Stro Elliott of the Roots. Um, what was your take on this one? This one, this one was beautiful. You know, like this is where the album starts getting very pretty. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He starts going into more of like the lush style, just like really smooth. It's not super bars heavy, but it's kind of more of like, I hate to use this term when describing Fonte, but this section of the album is more of like a vibe. If that makes sense, like mm-hmm. you're not really going, you're not really walking away with the stank face. You're walking away with like, damn, that was a good song. You know, I really like this track a lot. The production is nice. Fonte sounds smooth. You know, it. it I really like this song a lot. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Um, well, I, I guess let me go back. First, you had the, the ending, of eternal, eternally, right? Anything about relationships. love that i love the ending of eternal and then it leads into fonte talking about uh you know because at the time i want to say fonte was married probably when he started this album uh and i, I think, think they got they got separated and then they got back then, together no 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 they got divorced because uh, he married someone else he's married to someone else now but I think it was, mm. this is his child's mother, I think. I, I don't know. I don't be getting in people's business. But anyway, um, but I do know that he went through a divorce, I think, during this particular time. Uh, but this, like you, you, I think you make a great point. This is where the album flips. And 
it gets even more personal, but it's still, still, still really dope. So he starts off in the intro. Right. So that's how he kicks it. And then I think the thing for me about this particular song and the subsequent songs was that uh, at that particular time that this album came out or shortly thereafter, I had two of my close friends, male and female, uh, both were going through divorces. Right. And I as I listened to this album, I got more and more of a vibe as to how they got into that particular space and where they were. And this album kind of became therapeutic for me because I was hearing, it was interesting because these are two different people. I was hearing different stories because I would talk to my friends quite often. And the, and when I would listen to this album, it would remind me of some of the things that they were talking, they were, you know, sharing with me in confidence about, you know, some of the things that had happened in their marriage or whatever. And I'm married too. So uh, Matt's not married. <laughs> but not yet. Thank, thank, thank God. <laughs> not yet. He's he's getting married uh, sometime soon. Um, no, 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 no. You so, got me fucked up, sir. No, so, uh-uh. um, no. So we, so having them go through these experiences, um, really, really kind of shaped this album. Helped shape, particularly these couple of songs, helped shape. You know, some of the conversations that we had. But um, he uh. He said, um, what was he in the song? Uh, well, like I said, he started off in the intro and then he's, he's speaking in this song about how, you know, things aren't necessarily going good at home. He just happened to run into this chick and then, you know, one thing kind of led to another. And he says it so innocently that you can kind of see how it got to the point where it got to. And one of the bars that he hit me with on this, he said, People want what grandma and granny granddaddy had, but they ain't have options. We do. And that's a key point, because I think when you talk about marriage, you know, people always look, oh, look at grandma and grandpa. They were married, you know, 70 years. And, you know, that doesn't mean they wanted to be right. And sometimes they, you know, might have been married and grandpa had another set of family all over another side of town. I mean, you just never know. You know, so um but yeah, I and thought, things were more old. Things were more old fashioned back then. Yeah, like when you got was. married, you got married. You got married. You know and what you I stayed mean? Stayed together till literally till death do us part. You know, but it also it also kind of speaks to you know how it is now where people get into an argument and all of a sudden they want a divorce. Um, but uh, I think Fonte really opens up right here, and I don't know necessarily if he's talking about himself. Or he's just speaking as a man in his perspective, but this is a very, very interesting track. You gotta, gotta listen to it and kind of absorb this one. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, sending my love. Um, that joint, it, it really, really, really goes hard. Um, and again, that was produced by um, uh, Stro Elliott of the Roots. Uh, then we get to track seven, produced again by Swifty, who also produced "Dance in the Rain." Uh, this one's called Ball and Chain. What's your uh? What, what did you think about Ball and Chain? This is by far my least favorite song on the album. 
Uh, hey, right, no, that that beat sounds a little bit fluffy and clubbish for me. Um, it, it just got a little bit too repetitive. Uh, yeah, it's by far. I don't hate it. I don't necessarily dislike it. I think it's cool, but it's like if I'm going to this album, that is not a song I'm going to. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, this one I think again. I refer back to my friends and their, uh, you know, pending divorces at that particular time. Um, verse one, he says, she holds me down. She holds me up. She licks my wounds, then cuts me deep. She tells me to stay, then plans to leave. She is my cure and my disease. Oh, come on, man. Oh, no, I get you. No, I no, guess no, I'm, not, I'm not saying you I'm just I'm just saying how deep that is, particularly for someone who, if you're like me, someone who's been in a long term relationship, a long term marriage I, at the time of this recording, I've been married 20 years. So I yeah, I have been in a very toxic. I have been in some very toxic, so toxic know. situations. <laughs> yes. So, you know, and, and so like that that last thing, she is my cure, my disease. So this person that he's talking about. In, in a way, he thinks that, or at least he thought that the relationship was the best thing for him, but he also understands that at this point, it's the worst thing for him, and that's a that's a painful spot to be in, and if you've been in relationships long enough, you know, or if you've lived long enough, you probably, hopefully, none of you have, but I'm sure a lot of you probably have, <laughs> you know, had those kind of relationships. Uh, yes, my my last relationship was so toxic, so I can relate, like I said, I never have an issue with Fonte mm-hmm, mm-hmm, on a Fonte right, right. song. I had an issue with the production on this song, like a big issue, um, to the point where I'm not going to skip it if it comes on, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of going to tune it out a little bit. Yeah. He killed me at the end when he says, uh, he said, like teardrops of a clown, you just want to live in peace, but can't show too many teeth because she'll take shots at your crown. Mm. I yeah. mean, that's bad yeah. when a woman smiling and she is willing to, you know. <laughs> I I can relate, Fonte. I I can. Yeah, if you were in a relationship, you, you could relate. Um, and Kyle knows about the person I'm talking about because I was in a relationship with this person when me and Kyle first started talking. So I think I remember. I think I remember. <laughs> um, and then we, then we, like, uh, track eight is uh, an interlude uh, to be yours. Uh, then we moved to track. Whoa, 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 wait. That interlude is beautiful. Yeah, but it's an interlude. It's it's a beautiful interlude, but I mean, I have nothing to say about an interlude. I'd never cover interludes. Uh, um, all right, fair enough. I just figured I should mention it's beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. It is a beautiful, and I think it's only like a minute and, minute 32 seconds. And it was this was produced by Fonte and Zoe. Shout out to the homie Zoe. Um, then track nine. Uh, which also featured a video. This is called uh, Gonna Be a Beautiful Night featuring Carlita Duran, um, produced by Symbolic One. Uh, what's your what, what was your feel on this one? Man, look, Drake bit his whole style from Fonte, bro. Come on. That like this this song sounds like something directly this sounds like you're taking a break on Everson too now, aside from like the song that has the weekend on it. But like whenever I listen to early drake it sounds like he bit from fonte and this song is a prime example only fonte can pull off a song like this 
it starts out with those beautiful strings mm-hmm. at the beginning. Oh man, this song is amazing. Probably my second, no, my third favorite on the album. Yeah, man, this is this is beautiful. I think the video is even even more dope. Um, again, shout out to Carlita Duran. She is a, an incredible singer. Um, she's in a, a foreign exchange camp as well. Uh, this, like you said, it's a beautiful song, man. And I think the thing that is very impressive to me at this point is that Fonte came at us really, really hard with what the first five tracks and then track six, seven, eight, and nine uh, are all slow joints. But I'm glad you I'm glad you stopped at nine. <laughs> they're, they're very they're very poignant, though. I think they're very poignant. Yes. And, and I think, yes, you know, I don't there's not a lot of people that can do that. Um, You, you talk mm-hmm. about Drake and I mean, I'm not comparing. I'm not putting Drake and Fonte no, in the no, no, same no, way. No, no. Hear, hear me out. But here's the thing. You know, and I know that Drake was influenced by Fonte. Drake has oh, said it 100 before, before he was Drake. You know, he had little brother and Elzai on right. the same track with him on comeback season. Exactly. exactly. So don't ask me how I know that I used to like Drake back in the day. I don't now, I but think you know, there's a whole bunch of people who used to like Drake back in the day. Uh, you know, mixtape Drake was totally different from this, from the certified lover boy. So, Oh uh, yeah. That, that, yeah. Don't, <laughs> Oh Jesus. So, so here's the thing, you know, you're right in, in that. And, and I think, you know, Fonte is, he doesn't talk about Drake. The fans are always talking about Drake uh, when it comes because I mean he clearly stole the style. He clearly yes, um, yes. I saw a funny interview where Big Pooh and Fonte were taking a lie detector test, and Pooh said, "Oh yeah, Fonte, I saw that one. I saw that one. Yes, Fonte, do you think you sound like Drake and Fonte?" And Tay was like, "No, I think Drake sounds like me." The fuck you mean? <laughs> and that's true. That is so yes. true. But yeah, man, this, this this track is beautiful. He was di- he was diplomatic about it though. Yeah, I he, think, and you know, I I think he always is because he knows what it is, and he knows that if he says, "Hey, Drake stole my style," then you know he sounds like an old man yeah, if he does I mean, that. People, oh, you know, you hate on Drake. You you want to be like, and to be honest, and Fonte said it before. He he doesn't mind the comparisons. He does. He knows who he is as an MC, who he is hey. as an artist. Look, he's getting compared to arguably the biggest artist in the hip-hop world. That should be a huge compliment. Well, here's the thing. If the that artist did not steal his whole style, I mean, who's to say that Right. You know, that he would be where he is. But I mean, Fonte is, is very comfortable one of, in where he is. One of my artists said um, if you're ahead of your time, you don't reap any of the benefits. And the person that has the same style as you that comes later usually takes all. Mm-hmm. So Fonte was ahead of his time, but because he was ahead of his time, he barely sold anything. And then Drake comes with the same style. And, you know, he's wheel, he was in a wheelchair on Degrassi or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and he comes in and everybody's like, and all the girls oh, are like, oh, oh my God. God. Poor Ar- poor Aubrey. Oh my God, Drake. Meanwhile, I'm looking at him like, man, this sucker ass motherfucker, hey, man. Hey, well, you know, we didn't we didn't talk enough about Drake. <laughs> yeah, let's move uh, on. Track ten, uh, <sighs> we go off. Uh, this was produced by uh, Fatin, um, and this features Pharrell Munch, the legendary. Um, the we legendary gotta put that. Yes, Pharrell Munch. 
Man, this is a bar session. Uh, <laughs> one of my, for the record, Munch is one of my personal favorite MCs of all time. Kyle can, oh, yeah. Kyle you knows how her. much it, yes, Kyle knows that Munch is like, yes, yes. So what do you think about this track? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> come on, bro. Yeah. Party time, excellent. I might go off. And then Munch comes in and he is like, the the rhyming every single word in a sentence with the end of automatopoeia and he keeps that ia the yeah, sound yeah. over the course of an entire That's bar crazy. Crazy. um automatopoeia slap the shit out you you have no idea yeah he, oh he, man he, I mean, Monch, like, both of them both of them got busy on Monch, this Monch got him and you know you know what's interesting? One thousand percent. Munch had the best feature verse on this whole shit. You know what's interesting about this is that uh, this song is only like two minutes and thirty seconds, and it really I could have I could have gotten like two more verses from both. Yes, of them, to be and you know and you know how and I could tell that Pharaoh Munch knew he killed it because at the end he just ends it with yes yes y'all. Oh yeah, I mean, but that's 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 an old to, old school hip hop. That, that's, yes, that's how you would end your verse. Yes, yes, y'all. You know that, or, so, or tell people to do something. Munch, um, Munch is a cheat code, bro. He's not fair. He's like Black Thought. You put him on a song with you, and it's like, well, shit. What do I do? Yeah, I, I, he, how many? Both of them gave bars on this one. Um, like I said, who do you think? Who do you think got it? Though? I think. I mean, I think Pharaoh got him. A, I think Pharaoh got him. Just not by much, but he got him. He because, like you said, the onomatopoeia at the end. I mean, like that was crazy. And just connecting each word that ends right. with ia for right. like, and it wasn't like it was a far. He made every single yeah, word rhyme did. with that. Like people that haven't listened to Munch before, y'all need to wake the fuck up, do your homework, and go listen to this man's material. Yeah, Whether it be organized, another, another con- underrated. Guy. Yes. No, yes, a million percent. Whether it be organized confusion, whether it be eternal affairs, whatever, y'all need to give this man a chance. Um, then we move to track. Uh, where we at? Track track eleven. Uh, yes, the life of kings. This is also produced by Ninth Wonder. Uh, this one features Evidence and Big Crit. Uh, what yes. you got on this one? First of all, let's talk uh, once again. Let's get into the underrated conversation. Ev- evidence is extremely underrated. There'd be no currency without evidence. There'd be no rock marciano without somebody like evidence. Um, or there wouldn't be an evidence without rock marciano if you're counting rock marciano during his flip mode days. A lot of people don't know about that. He was with Buster Rhymes. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Crit is somebody that I always felt like should have been a superstar. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know how you feel about his material. I, I love, love I his. Love yes, love yes. I think Crit and Kendrick are in the same tier, in my opinion, in terms of talent and the work they've put out. But I think Kendrick has had a much. Now, this is something I never would have expected. I think Big Crit has more mainstream appeal than Kendrick does. But for whatever reason. And I'm not saying Crit is better. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I think Crit has more mainstream appeal than Kendrick does. But for whatever reason, Kendrick blew up and Big Crit did not, even though they both come from the same class. But um, I think I think Crit stole the show here. Timing and, and a lot of other things, probably. I, I don't know that he necessarily has as much appeal. I think he's extremely talented. And he, I mean, he's. He's really, really talented. I, I don't. I think he's really just scratching the surface as far as how good he yes. is because he's a he's he's not only an incredible MC but he's a musician as well. 
for um, anyone that hasn't heard his mixtape forever in a day, yes. y'all need to go listen to that yes. shit. That yes. shit is phenomenal. But um, on this one, man, I think uh, you know he he delivered a great. I, Evidence had a great verse. Fonte had a great verse. Uh, Crit had a great verse. Um, how how do you feel about how do you feel about Evidence? By the way, since yeah. he's on the song, I figured I'd ask you about you know that. I, I haven't heard a lot of Evidence's music. I mean, outside of I probably say I probably have heard maybe ten songs from Evidence. I haven't heard a lot of his music. Not really familiar. Um, after I think I think you'd like him a lot. Were you a fan of Dilated Peoples? Yeah, Dilated's cool. Cool. Yeah, he was he was a member of that. Yeah, yeah, dilated. So, um, I think you'd like his solo material if you checked it out. Yeah, I think I think they all all three of them you know delivered bars uh, on this one again. Grown know, man shit. Yeah, grown man shit. I mean, like, and and that's the thing. Like, it's a common theme, especially when you talk about Fonte and and you talk about uh, some of the things that he t- he discusses on this album. And I guess the thing for me that I didn't like was not about this particular album, but you know, hearing people, Oh, four, four, four. Oh man. This is the first grown man album. Hip hop is grown now. Like where, I mean, like this was 10 years ago. Like I, I like four forty four a whole lot more than you do, Kyle, but that, that claim is just ridiculous. That, that claim was very, very, it, it was very common, particularly for people who, don't listen to rap and just because jay-z got grown on one album you know all of a sudden he decided to tell his whole gossip his whole life away he got grown on volume one i mean if jay-z jay-z's had songs like that before but he never where uh, yeah where i'm from is grown as fuck well i mean not only that songs like lucky me he jay-z's done this before but again was not so jay-z because i don't particularly care for that album but but my problem is is that fans who you know came? Oh, they they made it sound as if like this was the first grown up hip hop album. Oh this, no! The, a charity starts at home is clearly a grown up hip hop album. Um, so then we get to the last track, uh, "Who Loves You More," a feature of my man Eric Roberson on. The, oh my God, Eric Roberson on the hook. Um, Eric Roberson is an incredibly dope singer, um, and this was actually a prelude, I think, to the collaboration of Eric Robeson and Fonte, which the group that they formed called Tigalero, uh, and they did an album that came out, uh, what was that, 2015, I think. Um, incredible, incredible song, uh, incredible album. Uh, check that out as well. Um, but this is the last track on the album. What, what did you think of Who Loves You More? It was a strong closer, but for whatever reason, I felt like the previous track with Evidence and Big Fit would have been an even better closer. Um, really? I just think, yes. Oh no. I, I do. Um, sonically, I think it had more of a closer type feel to it than this song did. But I love this song though. I think it works as a closer. But the previous one, shit. I think I think he I think Fonte brings us full circle because he. Had been, but I first on, let, me, let me finish. Oh, let me finish. okay, okay. So here's what I'm saying. He starts off rapping in the middle of the album. He goes to singing, then he comes back rapping. And then he closes it out with with singing on this one and rapping. Well, not so much a singing, but I mean, Eric Robeson singing on the hook. But the thing is, is that you have to kind of break down each of the verses. So right. on the first verse, he's talking about a domestic situation, you know, uh, and he's talking about. And again, I don't know necessarily if he's speaking of himself or just something that he's seen or whatever with his friends, whatever the case may be. Um, 
and it ends with wifey told him it's them or me baby you better choose and he describes the domestic situation with basically ends in an argument and she's telling him you better choose either me or the streets and then he in the second verse he talks about his brother who is locked up now i do know that his brother I think probably still at the time of this recording is locked up. His brother had been in and out of jail uh, for a lot of different things um, throughout their adult lifehood. And um, I've heard Fonte talk about this, not a, not at not extensively, but I've heard him mention his brother being in jail on um, a couple of interviews. So he talks about, you know, his brother and the contrast between he and his brother and his brother, uh, how he kind of led to his brother being in jail and his brother's looking at him like you supposed to help me out and he's like man I can't help you in jail <laughs> like you know that type of thing so um, or prison if he's still in there right so in verse three it kind of comes full circle it talks about you know the trials and tribulations as a man and right. some of his heroes uh, he said because most of my heroes had fucked up lives coked up kids two or three four wives Holes in every city, enough side bitches for three or four tribes. For Marvin Basquiat, it all comes caveat. Um, and he goes on to say, like, you know, you have to make a choice as to whether or not you want to be where you are or move to something else. Um, and I think so. I, I for me, I think that along with the outro, um, I think that's a perfect close of this album. That's why I said, like, yes, I, I the outro. The evi- I don't think I don't think evidence would have. Now that I think about it, you're right. I think you're right because he ends like with that little piece at the end of that song where he, and then he finishes it with um, Home Starts at Charity. Mm -hmm. Home is where charity starts. Yes. And when he ended it with that, I was like, okay, now it makes sense. Right. He said, I got a room and a microphone and a family I ain't seen in months. And I played this record a million times, just hoping you would play it once. Break bread with your fellow man. Show love, but look out for your heart and always take care of home because home is where charity starts. Home is where charity starts. Home is where charity starts. And that ends the album. Um, like I said, I think that's a, that's a perfect bookend because he, I think he brought it full circle. And again, he, he sounded like a man who had seen some things in his life. And I think as, as we celebrate this album turning 10 years old, I think for me, having seen some of the things that he described, for me, it was extremely relatable and I can still, you know, envision, you know, listening to it and riding in a car. And like I said, some of the conversations that I had with my friends who were going through some of the things that he was talking about in, the, in some of these songs uh, was was really, really incredible. Um, so before we get out of here, if you were going to give this. A mic, if we're talking mics, right. like mics in the source. Yep. Um, with five being a classic, four being four four and a half, uh, being a superior, uh, four being dope, uh, three point five I think is really good. Um, what would you give this, Mike? If you weren't going to give these give this album uh, some mics, how many mics would this album get? Oh, it's definitely not a five. Um, I can't in good con like like what you told me at the end of Stankonia. I can't in good consciousness give this a five. Um, I'm trying to choose between four and four and a half. It's very close between that, but right now I'd give it a four. Okay, okay. Um, 
I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I think it's a four. I think this is a and it's pushing. It's pushing four and a half, but it I I'm I'm comfortable with giving it a four. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a four Mike album and it's it's incredible. I think it has aged very well. I think it yep. still sounds sonically very, very dope. I think Fonte's lyrics, uh the guest features, they don't overflow or anything like that. Nope. Um the production, we already spoke about that. Um yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean we <laughs> We we hardly ever agree on mics, but um, yeah, I, I'm with you. This is uh, this is this is definitely a full mic album, um, and I, again, I, I'm I'm glad that uh, you know we we could you know come together and, and celebrate this because it again it's ten years, and yep. it doesn't feel like it's been ten years, but again, I'm glad that we got a chance to uh, to do this because. Uh, yep. A cat like Fonte in this particular album, you know, they deserve their flowers. And it's it's, it's funny, Matt, because as I was thinking, um, when you when you actually, I think you would text me and we were talking about, you know, doing this. It it did it dawned on me. I was like, damn, I had this podcast all these years and I haven't done one foreign exchange, one Fonte, and so this was this was good. So I'm glad we got a chance to do this, man. More, and they're not ready for the next one we're going to do later this year. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So before we get out of here, man, tell folks uh, where they can find you, man. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, or if you want to see a profile with absolutely no pictures or images, Instagram. <laughs> um, literally, dude, I only use Instagram to follow like other people, which <laughs> sounds way, which sounded way less creepy in my head before I said it. <laughs> yeah, um, <that's> weird. <laughs> I thanks just for just, I just followed the lurk. <laughs> I, <laughs> That's what you just said. I just followed just the lurk. I mean, look, artists. I know, I know what you meant. Yes, artists put like you know sneak peeks of new material on Instagram all the time that I follow. So I made it for that. Oh, for sure. Um, for sure. And and to, and to troll certain people um, that deserve to be trolled because you know we've got some racist people that need to be called out in these streets. Mm-hmm. Um, Talib Kweli has been doing a very good job of that. But anyways. Yeah, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, and I will tell you why the infamous is a classic hip hop no, album. Not. No, it's not, but we're not gonna do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys know where to find me. Uh, Twelve Kyle across the board, across all social platforms. Uh, the podcast at Twelve Kyle Podcast. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, this podcast drops every Thursday. Uh, at midnight and from time to time each this year we'll drop bonus pie episodes just like this one uh, that will drop sunday at midnight so uh, be sure to check that out uh, that's going to do it for us uh, this one's in the books once again charity starts at home 10 years later uh for for my man matt b i'm your boy 12 kyle we'll catch you guys next time 5g Charity starts. Home is where charity starts. Home is where charity starts.